Welcome to the Alabama Literacy Network's podcast, which is designed to share information and best practices for literacy in the state of Alabama. We represent various groups working on literacy in the state. We hope to bring a wide variety of resources together to help school leaders, teachers, and parents so that all children read at high levels. We believe that literacy is a fundamental right that is tied to so many positive outcomes that we want for the citizens of Alabama. This podcast was brought to you by Bright Spot Ed, LLC, an educational consulting company based in Alabama, providing consulting, professional learning, evaluation services, and resources. Our goal is to highlight the good and replicate it across education. Check us out at brightspoted.com. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Bell Smith. Alabama has been working to improve literacy for a number of years, and the campaign for grade-level reading is one of those efforts, which includes multiple agencies, both public and private. Our guests today represent Alabama's Department of Early Childhood, Secretary of Early Childhood Education, Dr. Barbara Cooper, and Mrs. Liletta Jenkins, State Manager of Alabama Children's Policy Councils. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. We are so glad that you're here today. Um, I would love to start with each of you telling our listeners about what your role is. Uh, Dr. Cooper, let's start with you. What is the Department of Early Childhood and what does it have to do with literacy? Well, as you've shared, I'm the secretary for the Alabama Department of Early Childhood Education. The Alabama Department of Early Childhood Education is a part of the executive department of state government It was principally established to enable the governor to effectively and efficiently coordinate efforts and programs to serve children throughout our state. The goal of the Alabama Department of Early Childhood Education is to advance, support, and deliver cohesive, comprehensive systems of high-quality education and care so that all of Alabama's children thrive and learn. Our department consists of the Office of School Readiness, home of the Alabama First Class Pre-K Program, the Office of Family Support, the Head Start Collaboration Office, and the Office of Early Childhood Development and Professional Support. Now you ask, what does it have to do with literacy? Do you want me to spend some time sharing there? Sure. Well, all we all know 95% of a child's brain is formed through age five. So our department has everything to do with language and literacy development. The ADECE is committed to supporting children and developing the language and literacy skills necessary for school readiness. Our programs support families as their child's first teacher in developing early language skills. This work is also supported in a program that is in our department called the First Teacher Home Visiting Program, which is a program designed to really support parents in those early years as their child's first teacher. We also have the P3 integrated approach, which consists of our pre-K program, as well as K through three support for teachers. So the teachers have the tools they need to help every student with having the basic literacy skills needed to be successful in school. That is a massive undertaking. So basically what uh, you do is help children from um, a variety of different aspects, whether that's through pre-K or Head Start or supporting families. 
Uh, and you're so right about the impact of that early education on children's brains. So just kudos to you and all of the people in your department for that um, massive amount of work that you're doing. So Ms. Jenkins, can you tell us what you do with the Children's Policy Council? For instance, what is this and how does it work and, and what does it have to do with literacy? Okay, will do. Uh, the Alabama Department of Early Childhood Education provides state leadership to local children's policy councils in 67 counties. Uh, the children's policy councils were formed under, under the Alabama Juvenile Code and each county to bring organizations together that serve children and families. The CPCs meet monthly, sometimes quarterly, to discuss and identify needs of children from ages birth to 19 also existing resources and gaps in services and early care and education, health, education, safety, parental involvement and family engagement, and economic security. The CPCs also work together to address needs to improve the lives of children and families in their respective communities. And so what does it have to do with literacy? The Children's Policy Council has a early care and education birth to five focus, and also an education focus from kindergarten to 12th grade. Annually, the CPC does an annual needs assessment to evaluate the needs of children. During this process, uh, they are able to identify literacy needs, such as the number of children not reading proficient on grade level by the end of third grade, and possible contributors to negative literacy rates, such as chronic absenteeism, poverty and health and well-being and mental health challenges. That's also a lot of work that is going on behind the scenes that uh, possibly people had no clue even existed in their counties and represents a lot of different groups coming together to help children. Can you both tell us how you became involved in the grade level reading committee? Dr. Cooper, you want to start? Sure. Well, we know that in February of 2018, Governor Ivey actually formed the Alabama Campaign for Grade Level Reading, which was basically a comprehensive effort that included 100 members on a team that was responsible for focusing on those five primary areas, school readiness, chronic absenteeism, um, restoring the ARI, increasing summer learning opportunities. I had the opportunity to be a part of that initial group that was appointed by Governor Ivey, and I actually served as one of the officers. I was the chief academic officer for the campaign for grade level reading. So in this work over the past two years, we've worked together. We had committees that broke out and formed to really determine what were the necessary components of an effective grade level reading campaign. And so leading that effort, I had an opportunity to really work with these committees and we came together and basically put together a list of recommendations that we gave to the governor to help support in these areas. Hence, the entire campaign was born. We recognized immediately that it wasn't enough to just provide a list of recommendations, but we needed to go broader than that. So we engaged the Children Policy Council through the governor putting out a call to action to say, addressing grade level literacy is an entire state's responsibility and not just the responsibility 
of the LEAs and K-12, we all have to work together. So basically, this was the beginning of us um, determining how do we move forward with this work. Fortunately, Laletta Jenkins is in the Department of Early Childhood Education, and it's not as if she didn't have enough to do working with 67 children policy councils, but she immediately embraced this work and realized quickly that it really was a part of the mission of the Children Policy Council to address literacy. So we have these five pilot counties that have eagerly come on board and are implementing, beginning the stages of implementing pilot campaigns for grade level reading. We plan to take this work and push it out into the other 62 counties so that everyone is working on a comprehensive effort to address literacy in our state. Ms. Jenkins, can you add anything to that? Yes, uh, just to piggyback on what Dr. Cooper had said, in July, Governor Ivy did designate Alabama as a campaign for grade level reading state. She called to action the Children's Policy Councils to begin the work of campaign for grade level reading in their communities. And so we have, the work has begun in Jefferson, Macon, Marshall, Monroe and Randolph counties. The pilot counties are formulating their literacy plans at this time to focus on birth to eight systems, family engagement, health and well-being, uh, special education, English language learners, and struggling reading, uh, learning outside of the classroom. In addition, they have surveyed existing resources in their counties that support or promote literacy, identified barriers and challenges that have prevented students from reading on grade level. They have researched data to target the most vulnerable student populations and school systems in their counties. Also, um, we are working with the Children's Policy Councils for them to be able to implement through a grant in the amount of $20,000 for them to be able to implement initiatives to promote, to expand literacy efforts to help students to become better proficient readers by the end of third grade. I also want to say that I was introduced to the campaign for grade level reading reading in its infancy uh, stages through Steve Hannum uh, through the Alabama Literacy Alliance a few years ago. I am happy that the work has continued through the years. Uh, This work has been the framework for the Literacy Act. It has been the framework for communities, parents, and uh, school systems to work together more cohesive, to prepare more children uh, to become better readers. We understand through many conversations and many people at uh, at the table that literacy begins at birth with parents talking to their children, reading to their children, is the first step to uh, building better readers, uh, helping with language development, and also brain development. And so this also encompasses the work that we do here at the Department of Early Childhood Education. So, So very happy to be part of the work. And what great work it is, even knowing about it ahead of time as you're describing it. There were so many questions in my head, knowing that people who are listening to this, who are outside of those five counties are wondering, okay, so when is it going to be our turn? So could you speak to what is the time frame for this pilot process? And is there plans to make it larger at some point? And you may not know that yet. 
So yeah, the plan is to eventually expand it to all 67 counties. We are hoping to continue the work in the pilot counties for about a year. And to once we have gathered the data on what works and what doesn't work, then we'll be able to expand it to the other 62 counties. But we want all of the children in Alabama to have opportunities to become more proficient readers by the end of third grade. So we don't want it to just live in those five counties, but we see that all students can benefit from um, having those opportunities to become more proficient readers by the end of third grade. Absolutely. So obviously that work is ongoing and still evolving, but that really ties into what the Department of Early Childhood has really done with LETTERS, which is an acronym for Language Essentials for Teachers of Reading and Spelling. So Dr. Cooper, could you talk to us about how that work began and where the state of Alabama is with that training? Yes, that's music to my ears. I always enjoy talking about what we're doing um, with the letters implementation. Um, In 2018, I recall having a conversation with Secretary Ross about being able to actually pilot a small group of early childhood teachers at the time for letters. Well, we started out, we were going to provide this professional learning for just 50 teachers. But when we put the information out for teachers to actually apply for this voluntary opportunity, which would take an entire year for early childhood teachers and two years for K-3 teachers, we had almost 300 teachers asked to take this voluntary training. Immediately, that spoke to the need for such a professional learning for teachers. So, of course, being the department we are, we couldn't tell another 250 teachers they couldn't be trained when they were volunteering. So we identified funds to be able to support those first 289 teachers. And we're proud to say that they have completed the course at this time. So basically, we started partnering at that time as well with the ALSDE. Um, You probably know Ms. Gay Finn wanted to be a part of this, and she approached us. And before we knew it, we had this collaboration that three years later is now training over 10,000 teachers in the state of Alabama. They are engaged. They are putting testimonials out there. They're encouraging other teachers to participate in this professional learning opportunity That is truly making a difference for the teachers who have an opportunity to participate. Basically, this comprehensive training provides P3 teachers a deeper understanding of the science of reading and evidence-based strategies necessary to support all students, especially those who experience language and reading challenges. Language Essentials for Teachers of Reading and Spelling has become a critical component in the teacher's instructional toolbox of reading strategies. Shelly, we had teachers um, who had been teaching anywhere from one year to 30 years saying this is beneficial. And those veteran teachers were saying, yes, we went to teacher prep school. And of course, we learned many strategies for working with students, but we didn't go this deeply in the science of reading. And so they are appreciative of what this is providing. And we're seeing results as a result of being able to actually share this information with them. And that's been very exciting for us that teachers are volunteering to do this and wanting to be able to continue to become even more effective with all students. Absolutely. And some of my best friends have been through this training and 
to say that they believe that it is career shaping and that they wish they had had it many years before is an understatement. And so we've heard from not only the teachers in our state, but in what I've been working on uh, with other states, listening to the impact that it's having nationally. And so is there a plan for the continuation of letters training for Alabama teachers? To my knowledge, the plan is to continue providing the training. And I do know that some of the um, schools that are on school improvement requiring additional support, they've been able to train all of their teachers. So there are some efforts around becoming even more targeted in the support that is being provided for educators, which I think is Um, again, exactly what we need to do, making sure that we're being equitable in our approaches for reaching those who need the support most. And I know that the Department of Early Childhood is very vigilant about gathering data, and I've already seen some of the data that has come out on the impact of teacher knowledge after having completed letters training. Could you speak to that just a minute? Yes, you said it perfectly in terms of we are focused on continuous quality improvement. And so we have a multidisciplinary team that meets monthly to discuss data, to look at the research, to use evaluations to help propel our work forward. Um, We have a study now that actually demonstrates that children who um, continue and finish our first class pre-K programs are able to persist through the middle school years to outperform their peers in both reading and math. So that's the type of department that we are in terms of um, not just settling for, we're doing well, we've been um, number one for 14 consecutive years, we're constantly looking for ways that we can be even better. And of course, this letters opportunity has been one of those ways because now we've equipped almost 1,700 first-class pre-K teachers with this letters training, and we're looking to see, well, are their literacy results actually demonstrating that they've had? And if not, what are ways that we can continue to provide that support um, through coaching and other ways of um, reflective supervision for our teachers? That's wonderful. So the elephant in the room, or maybe not even elephant in the room, it's uh, at the top of every new show and newspaper, which is the impact that COVID is having, especially on students. And so could you talk for just a moment about what you feel like the current challenges for literacy were in Alabama, both before COVID and then hopefully one day we will be post-COVID? I I think we all, and as you said, it's the elephant in the room. Um, Certainly, we realize that the best way to provide instruction for children, especially very young children, is having a traditional teacher and having children have those interactions with their classroom teacher on a daily basis and not having that interaction having to occur through a screen. So we've certainly had to really adjust the way that we've done things. I'm grateful that at the very onset of COVID and having to go to school closures, we were able to respond in a way that was very proactive and sensible to meet the needs of our parents and children. We initially started off um, doing virtual calls and Microsoft Teams meetings with our parents, but we also realized um, having a child in front of a screen is not developmentally appropriate. So we put together backpacks of materials and supplies, and we 
took those out to all 20,000 of our children to make sure that they had hands-on resources that would absolutely support the instructional ideas that we were sharing with families for how to continue to engage their children. We know that COVID, that the gaps could widen if we don't have this high quality literacy instruction, high quality interactions for children with their teachers. We could be looking at grave issues for our state in the future. So I do think it's important that our agencies are collaborating and having conversations about how we work together on these issues. The campaign for grade level reading probably couldn't have come at a better time because this is an opportunity now for us to engage entire communities around what very much is an adaptive challenge as we work through um, the demands of COVID and the impact that COVID will have on our state. Ms. Jenkins, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. I agree with uh, Dr. Cooper. Um, it's just, you know, having to make an adjustment. And as we're uh, pl- making plans to uh, implement um, the campaign for great level reading in the communities, you know, they are thinking about how they're going to have to do things virtually, how they, they can't uh, do things face to face. But nonetheless, uh, we still want to make sure that students you know, continue with their education and not not experience more loss. And so we're just having to readjust the way that we go about thinking about things, but still want to be able to offer the best practices that we can to help students during this time of the pandemic with their learning, with education and with literacy. It's going to be creative. Definitely, you know, we're going to have to think outside the box uh, when we approach literacy, but you have people in these five counties that are willing to whatever is necessary because they care about the children and they care about their education. And so um, so I'm excited. Again, it's, it's an exciting time to uh, be in the work of literacy. You have things that are going on in the school system under the Literacy Act. You have programs that have emerged to work in the communities. And also we're just trying to get parents more engaged and let them know that we're here, still willing to work with their children for them to be successful. And as we've been talking, I really was thinking about how you've got such a good combination of a state level approach. And then the Children's Policy Council is really tapping into that local context because it is so very different across Alabama. And even just thinking about COVID, how different communities have been affected. The resources that are in uh, different communities are so different. And so it really kind of an adaptive approach to uh, this uh, problem uh, that we've got. And so kudos uh, to both of you for having the foresight to to develop such a great approach to it. So I'd love to just pick your brains about where you see us heading in Alabama in terms of literacy. I, I see us heading in a positive direction just because I've had an opportunity to really engage with people here in the state who really want to make a difference and want to see things better for our children and families in Alabama. I foresee us doing even greater collaboration and having better alignment of some of our services because of some of those conversations that are starting to happen. We still have a long way to go, but I do believe that we're at least opening the communication between workforce and between K-12 and early childhood education, DHR, 
mental health. We have partnerships with all of these various agencies. And I think that as long as we all continue to build upon those partnerships and look for ways that we can strengthen what we're doing instead of replicating um, some of the services, that begins to move us in the right direction. I also think more of us are starting to see the importance of investing early. We must start at prenatal, you know, instead of waiting until children are in our K-12 system. We already know that those who participate in pre-K are having success throughout their academic years. So we know that if we invest even earlier that the, our benefits are going to be even greater for our state. I think we have to realize that our families know in many cases what they need and we have to go to them to ask, how can we help you? Like we did um, when we were trying to create a roadmap for reopening post COVID. This has been a major challenge, but when we listen to people who are experiencing these challenges, we're more likely to get the solutions right. So I think we just have to keep being positive. We have to keep opening the conversation. And when we see an opportunity to align, we absolutely have to speak up and say, if we align, we can meet the needs of more and provide greater and more equitable services for those who need it the most. Wonderful. Ms. Jenkins, did you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yes, I think that we're in a good place uh, with literacy in Alabama. I, I think that we are taking positive steps to to help our children. And uh, you know, I'm I'm really amazed that when we had start having conversations about the children's policy councils being involved with campaign for great love of reading, there were so many partners that reached out that have literacy programs or early literacy programs, asking, "How can I help?" you know, reach out and read. How can I help? Uh, read right from the start. How can I help? And so they just to know that Alabama has this uh, designation and this initiative going, we have so many different people who are just wanting to get involved and be a resource to uh, to those pilot counties and across the state of Alabama. And so I think it's, it, it, it couldn't have happened at a perfect time with with the with the Literacy Act you know, promoting the work in the schools and um, Alabama Reading Initiative and uh, the Campaign for Great Love of Reading, the work that you're doing, the work that's being done through the legislative. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just a great time uh, in the state for doing literacy work. I think that we need, we need to do more to help our parents because there are some parents in the state that can't read. And so uh, I think that we uh, need to do more to set those parents or those adults up for success by connecting them to uh, literacy programs in their county that, or that serve their county to help them to become more effective readers as well. I love that. Steve Hannum was originally scheduled to be part of this conversation. And of course, that it has been his life's work uh, as adult literacy. And so I really regret that he couldn't be with us here today and speak to that. But you are so right. So is there anything else that either of you would like for our listeners to know about this work or any of the work that you're doing? I think one thing I would just add is that this is everyone's work. Our parents, our teachers, community and businesses, we must all work together and realize that this is an Alabama challenge. And together, 
we made the challenge and we're going to have to resolve it together. But I believe if we start early, we all make the commitment that every single child matters because they're our future workforce. That's how we're going to ultimately resolve this challenge for the state of Alabama. That's like almost a drop the mic kind of statement. You are absolutely right. So Ms. Jenkins, any uh, final words? I was just going to say there is so much work to be done around literacy. And to our listeners, I would say get involved in your local uh, campaign for grade level readings in, in, the, in the county, in the pilot counties. They would welcome you. And also to read, uh, read to children in your families, uh, promote uh, the importance of reading and, and to have those conversations around the importance of reading to children and, and, and just do what you can to support. But there, but there is so much work to be done and we welcome you to get involved. So if they did want to get in touch with their county's Children's Policy Council, how would they do that? You can actually go to our CPC website. It's www.alcpc.org, www.alcpc.org. And we have the Children's Policy Councils by County, and the contact information is there. That's great information. I want to thank both of you for what you've done for children and families in Alabama and for joining us here today to help us all understand how we can be part of that solution. We may certainly ask you to join us again for updates on the progress of this work. Thank you both so very much. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you, Shelley. Tune in to our next podcast episode where we continue to talk to leaders across the state about literacy.